Welcome to the ODUBlitz.com football show presented by our sponsors, Lions Bridge Financial Advisors, investing and planning for clients throughout Hampton Roads. I'm Ed Miller, the ODU beat writer for the Virginian Pilot. I'm here with Tom White, who's filling in for Harry Minium. Harry's on a bye week, but Tom is moving up from the scout team. Tom's ready to go. It's homecoming. Good to be here. Yeah, homecoming. Tom's been around a long time. He was a podcast regular last year, so he's uh, ready to roll. Tom, you're a longtime observer of the team. I see you walking the sidelines at games. I know you're watching the road games from the comfort of your den. Uh, give us your thoughts on the uh, North Texas game last week. Well, here's what I saw. I saw a first-half uh, defensive effort that looked all too familiar. It was uh, reminding me of the time when they needed Taylor Heineke to throw for 600 yards and they needed to score 51 points in order to win 51-48. Um, the holes were big enough for you to run through, and, mm -hmm. and the windows of uh, passing lanes for that quarterback were uh, big enough for me to complete passes. Those are big, yeah. And then all of a sudden they, they flipped the switch and it's like a new team showed up in the second half and, uh, and they, they played a whole lot different uh, game in the second half, which is why they got back into it. I saw that um, a team that really had no reason to do anything but pack it in in the first half, mm -hmm. down 20, was it 28-10, 18-point yes. deficit, playing how many thousand miles from home? Um, <laughs> yeah, about 1,500 miles probably. Yeah, yeah and, and uh, coming off a tough loss to Western Kentucky, mm -hmm. they had every reason to pack it in, and they didn't. So I was, uh, I was impressed by that. They uh, took the lead and actually could have stolen one, I thought. And then finally, ODU's just, they don't have enough depth or enough talent to overcome the level of mistakes that they're making these days. Right. Um, they made a living last year on other people's turnovers, and I think it's kind of turned around on them in a big way. They've committed 20 turnovers, if I'm not Yeah, correct. 20 turnovers, yeah. And uh, I think only four or five teams in the country have committed more than that. And what happens there is you, you not only limit your offense from having another chance to go in and put points mm -hmm. on the board or control the clock, you're often giving the other team uh, the ball in prime position, making yeah. it easier for them to score, which is why the defense – has allowed 35 or more points through this losing Yeah, game. absolutely. I agree with pretty much everything you said. Uh, turnovers have been a huge problem. Uh, as the North Texas coach Seth Luttrell said last week, ODU has a lot of fight in it. They don't quit. They play hard. They still believe they can win these games. Uh, they came charging back. They played it near, uh, I wouldn't say as perfect a third quarter as they did against Western Kentucky, but it was a Close. really good third quarter. Uh, Stephen Williams started finding his targets. He started making good reads. He's running. Again, the turnovers, uh, as you mentioned, um, he had one where he really should have taken a sack. He got hit while he was uh, trying to make a play while he's in the grasp of a North Texas defender. In those cases, just take a, take a sack, punt the ball, live to play another day. Absolutely. Um, one of his other, his other pick was a deep ball that was underthrown. It turned out to be basically a punt, you know, but as Bobby Wilder said, it's a matter of momentum, you know, maybe it's a punt. It's a feel thing. Right, exactly. It's just nobody feels good after you've, you've turned the ball over. So uh, Stevie Williams needs to work on those things. And uh, speaking of Stevie, uh, he's got a birthday this week. We usually don't acknowledge birthdays of, on the team, but this, this is, is kind a, of a special This one. is a milestone. He turns uh, 18 years old on Saturday, which is really hard to believe. Yeah. Uh, uh, the youngest quarterback in the country. Uh, what have you seen from him and his development over the – Six games that he's been. Well, I think any playing. kid, any kid who we'd be talking about turning 18 
would uh, would we we wouldn't be talking about him. Right. He would be a kid who would be redshirting or a, a non-descript or in high school or, yeah. or still in high yeah. school. So that uh, that tells you something. Um, I think that you're seeing development from him. It's been methodical and slow. He's still making too many mistakes. He's developing um, with his legs. I, I see him making really good decisions on that read option. He had 55 yards, I mm-hmm. think, against North right. Texas, which in a game where Ray Lowry's nicked up, that's a big, important uh, addition. You can't discount right. that. And that, that tells me that he can be a player in a year, two, three uh, for this team. As you said, he can't when – you, when you have a guy deep, only uh, bad things happen when you underthrow it. If right. you overthrow it, he, you know, he, it's an incomplete pass. You, you punt or uh, you have it a third down or whatever. Right. Um, he's underthrowing too many balls. He's got to stop that. And he's interested in being the guy who can make that play. It's hard to get that out of your head to just take the loss. Get the ball out of bounds, take the loss. Don't wait for that guy to hit you from behind and right. knock it loose. Yeah, again, I agree. I think he's coming along. The last two games have been his best uh, probably by far. As Bobby Walters said, it's hard to really say that when you're getting beat, but he's coming along. Um, the turnovers, you know, that's just the biggest thing. He's got to... Number one. Yeah, he's got to do better at that. He's got 13, I think, 11 picks and two, two fumbles. fumbles, which is 13 of their 20. They've all come in the last six weeks. But he is coming along. I think they made the right decision to stick with him uh, through thick and thin. Uh, I got nothing but props for yeah. uh, Coach Wilder because I, I think that it would have been easy for him to just say, look, the safe, we'll, we'll bring a, a upperclassman in and uh, after three games because Stevie's just not getting the job done or he's turning the ball over too much. And he fought the urge to do that. And I think what the payoff will be is, is as he goes to spring ball next year and starts – in, in August next year, he'll be far advanced because Bobby's taking his lumps this year. And I really don't think, had you brought in Larusa or Hoy, not sure any of those games that the Old Dominion lost were winnable, uh, even with those guys. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. And I think what Wilder said at the time, and it's true, is once you take a red shirt off a guy like that, you've got to stick with them. They've got to ride the ups and downs for the payoff at the end. You can't uh, jerk him around, bring him in and out. You've got to just go with him. You commit um, and it's a yeah. commitment to the kid. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, Stevie's improved. What other areas have you seen where Old Dominion has uh, shown some improvement over the last, particularly the last couple weeks where they've been in one-score games? They're not getting beat by 30 yeah. anymore, which was their pattern for about a month. Uh, they're, they're closer losses. They're still losses, but they're more competitive. Well, just a couple of things. Uh, Isaiah Harper is the obvious guy. Uh, you can't ignore a guy who returns two kicks for touchdowns and basically keeps you in the same zip code through the early part, early right. part of that game. With those, uh, without those returns, there wouldn't be a second half to really uh, come back uh, and take a lead on. Um, that's a nice addition to have, as we were talking earlier, when your uh, kick returner is bringing three back this year, um, teams get afraid to kick to them, so you almost guarantee that they're going to kick away from them, and you're going to get the ball at the 30, 35, 37 and that's all plus yards if you're uh, if you're a coach yeah. and, and can start that way. Um, Kevin Todd, uh, another kid, young receiver, uh, didn't play. I believe the first four or five games only has eight catches, but uh, they've all come in the last three games. Yeah. So nice to see a redshirt freshman, another Chesapeake kid, uh, coming in and, and contributing that way. Yeah, absolutely. Isaiah Harper's a guy we're going to be writing about this week. Uh, talk to him quite a bit. Talk to Bobby Wilder. Talk to uh, Coach Bankins, the special teams coordinator. 
my question to Coach Bankins was, is it a fireable offense to kick to Isaiah Harper? <laughs> and he's, or should it be? Yeah, or should it be? His take was, no, you know, some teams will still kick uh, to, to guys who've re returned uh, kicks for touchdowns, just the, their philosophy. You can't always control what your kicker's going to do. Kickers right. can be a little flighty. And, uh, yeah, so Isaiah's been an incredible weapon. He's about 5'8", 170 pounds soaking wet. Fast as all Very fast, yeah. And Kevin Todd, the guy you mentioned, I literally knew nothing about Kevin Todd because there's nothing in the media guide about right. Kevin Todd. He went to Oscar Smith. He flew under the radar there. He started on the scout team uh, this year and really worked his way up. So he's a guy. They were looking for uh, playmakers at receiver. He's a guy that's shown that he's willing to get in there and make some plays. Absolutely. So they need it. And uh, Kevin is a guy I think we'll see more of uh, in the coming weeks. And Melvin Vaughn's also yeah. uh, started to become the player that, that they thought we thought he could yeah. be. Uh, he's making enough plays to to kind of be dangerous. Yeah, an extra weapon. It's the Oscar Smith receiving core. I mean, Absolutely. they had they had nine, ten catches last week, and uh, we'll see what happens as we go forward. But right now, we'll take a break to hear from our sponsors at Lions Bridge Financial Advisors. You embody dedication, sacrifice, and commitment. You are an elite athlete. You know the difference superior coaching makes. Lions Bridge Financial Advisors is here to be your financial coach. We'll help you pack for your athletic journey by gathering a complete picture of where you are and where you want to go and by working with other trusted professionals on your behalf. And we're back with the ODUBlitz.com football show presented by our sponsors, Lions Bridge Financial Advisors, investing and planning for clients throughout Hampton Roads. Tom, I know as hairy as every week that you're eager to hear about my conference USA Power <laughs> And I understand from the grapevine or from your blog right. that you have a new number one this week. We have a new number one. For a long time, we didn't have a number one. We, we were just stubbornly having co-number twos. And then it looked like Marshall had provided us with some clarity. Well, that only lasted a week. week yeah. So right now, Lane Kiffin, the Lane Kiffin takeover of Conference USA is underway. They are number one in our poll, number one in the East Division playing the best of any team in the league right now. Um, On are, the cusp of bowl yeah, eligibility. Yes, the Owls of Florida Atlantic. Not to be confused with the Rice Owls. He's a Florida Averaging Atlantic. 52 points a game or close to it in yeah. uh, league play. Yeah, they've really geared it up. Uh, behind them we have North Texas, who's kind of the class of the West right now, despite a very shaky defense. So we'll see what happens with the, the mean green. And then keeping it in Florida, we got FIU, Butch Davis. Uh, Florida International Panthers uh, are another surprise team. Florida is really, you know, uh, I think those teams have always been talented down there. Yeah. Clearly now they've got... Plenty of recruiting land. Yeah. Now they've got coaching. They've got two, two uh, high-profile coaches, uh, Lane Kiffin and Butch Davis. Going down the list real quick, we got Marshall at four, UAB, who's a real good story uh, on the verge of bowl eligibility after dropping football for two years. Now, UAB... Uh was uh, riding a high, and then, of all teams, Charlotte comes in and gets <laughs> yeah. its first win mm -hmm. two weeks ago. Yeah, um, and they bounce back over to the their credit. Yeah, yeah, to their credit, and they're at home, yeah. so we'll see if they can do it. Uh, UTSA, Southern Miss, Louisiana Tech, Western Kentucky. Then we've got Middle Tennessee. Old Dominion is holding in at 11, uh, and then number 12, Where did you have Charlotte. them in preseason? Do you remember? I think I had them three, which, uh, oh, do you know? know? Yeah. What were you thinking? <laughs> yeah, well, again, I well, think a lot, a lot of people had no, that. I, mean, I, I think three, was, four, yeah. five. Range. I gave him a hometown discount there at three, <laughs> but uh, and then we have Rice and Utah bringing up the rear. Now, unless I'm mistaken, the uh, ODU has 
games remaining against a couple of the yeah. Charlotte, Charlotte and Rice. Rice. Yeah. A couple of winnable games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're favored by seven and a half or so this week. Right. Um, and so FAU clearly the overachieving team in the bunch. Uh, anybody would would kind of agree with that. Who's yeah. un, who's underachieved versus um, preseason? I think um, Western Kentucky's a team that you know they've been dominating the league for the last three years. Have won three straight, uh, or is it two? I'm sorry, I may, I may be wrong about that. But they've they've won. Uh, they're the defending champions. They're picked to win the East. Uh, Louisiana Tech was a team supposed to win the West. They've struggled. Middle Tennessee's had quarterback issues. The issue being they don't have their quarterback. Right. They're a really good quarterback. So they've struggled a bit. So they've been, uh, all those teams have been a little underachieving. Marshall's a team that's come back strong. Uh, the consensus is that most of their problems were between the years last year. Yeah. Uh, not talent wise. So Motivation, yeah, confidence. They've responded, although it'll be interesting to see how they do against FAU coming off a, a loss. So, um, Would that be the big game of the weekend? That is the game of the week. Marshall at FAU. It's a Friday night game. Oh. Uh, and unlike the last time Conference USA had a Friday night game, they're not competing against each other. <laughs> we had ODU. No West. World Series game? Yeah, we had ODU. No, the World Series will be over by then. That's right. right. We had, uh, when ODU was playing Western, we had Marshall also playing on Friday night. So it was uh, Conference USA sort of pitting Diluted. against each other. Right. So Friday night, uh, we'll see again. We'll see what Marshall can do in terms of coming back. If Florida Atlantic wins, they're really in the driver's seat. Basically, can really put Marshall behind the eight ball because they would have lost to both FIU and FAU. Right. So there you go. Uh, speaking of FIU, UTSA, which is a very solid team out of the West, they are in uh, Miami to face Butch Davis. And again, we're FAU. No one's quite sure are they really that good, but. You know, here they are. Well, the thing is, they've played that good. That, yeah. uh, whether they right. su- are supposed to be or not, what they're showing us is, is looking good. Yeah, and then Rice at UAB, we mentioned the Blazers can become bowl eligible. Uh, Rice would seem to be the perfect team for that. Rice has been struggling all year. Uh, North Texas is at Louisiana Tech. Um, the Mean Green can really sew up the West if they win here. But, again, you know, their defense, uh, they've got a really potent offense. Their quarterback's good. They've got a running back. They've got good receivers, as ODU found out. Last we'll week. see. Uh, UTEP at Middle Tennessee, uh, not much to really say about that. Uh, you would think Middle could take care of business. UTEP has not won and doesn't, uh, could be headed for a winless season out in El Paso. Uh, and we got two games out of conference. Western Kentucky's at Vanderbilt, which is an opportunity maybe for, a, you know, an SEC win. And uh, Southern Miss is at Tennessee, and this is a great Who knows time. going to happen? Great time to be playing Tennessee, I think. In Knoxville, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. And of course, we got ODU. Uh, it's Hosting. homecoming game, yeah. Uh, homecoming against the Charlotte 49ers, a team they really hammered last year. Um, they've got a quarterback who's really dangerous. His name is Hassan Klu, K L U G H. And it was an interesting stat. He's in the games he's played in. He's accounted for every touchdown they have, thirteen. In and so he's a one-man sh- shop offensively. Um, they don't score a lot. They score under 15 points a game, and they, uh, they, they do run the ball pretty well. So, uh, Tom, who do you like in this game? Well, I was impressed that they got a win over UAB, and they also had uh, held Marshall with 14 points earlier in the year. Yeah. So they apparently can play some defense. Um, they move the ball on the ground. ODU has had trouble with mobile quarterbacks in the past several years. They've had trouble with that. So I'm going to say Charlotte covers the points, but uh, ODU gets the win, let's say 
Yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I think we I haven't picked ODU in the last couple of weeks, uh, and it turned out to be the right thing to do. I see the improvement in practice. The offense in particular is putting up more points than they have uh, earlier in the year. I think they can score on this team. I think if they can stop the run, they can contain Clue. They should win uh, – 31 to 17, somewhere like I'm going to say they cover the spread, but we'll see. Bold, um, bold, yeah. very bold. <laughs> bold. They've got to have this game. I mean, this is just not even debatable. I mean, yeah. like as I wrote earlier in the week, forget about the bowl picture. Um, they just need to win a game now. To course, feel good about themselves. Yeah, now if they win this, then, you know, all of a sudden they're looking at three wins to, to go to a bowl, but. Uh, Got to get Let's the talk first about one. it after that first yeah, one. Yeah, got to get the first one. And I think bowl discussion with them is legitimate because of what they did last year. They were a 10-win team. They were expected to be better. It wasn't like they were uh, you know, a, a team that was 2-10 and 10 and now we're, we're talking about them trying to get to a bowl. Yeah, I just like to leave the bowl talk to when you've turned it around and you've, yeah. started, you've won a couple and you're moving toward the six wins. They haven't moved toward six wins for quite a long time. It's been a long time since they had a win. Mid- middle and, of September. Uh, yeah. Yeah, early September. That's right. September September. Win or lose, we'll be back here next week. At least I will. Harry Minion will be back. Thanks to Tom White. I hope so. <laughs> thanks to Tom for filling in. And thanks for watching the ODU Blitz.com football show presented by our sponsors, Lions Bridge Financial Advisors. Investing and planning for clients throughout Hampton Roads. For Tom White, I'm Ed Miller. We will see you again next week.